Well, he's probably turning into one of my favorite guests just because uh, he decides to come in studio, which I always enjoy having in studio guests. It is the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, joined in studio by Tyson Manker. He is the mayor of the village of South Jacksonville. Thanks for taking time with us. How are you? I got to push that program button. So, again, say good morning to the audience. They didn't hear you that <laughs> Good morning, time. Greg. Thanks yeah. for having me. Good deal. Um, so, I wanted to bring you on because I did see while I was on vacation, you were getting a bit of uh, uh, like an overview of sorts uh, from the state about what kind of federal dollars are going to be available for the village of South Jacksonville in this most recent uh, federal uh, American Rescue Plan Act. Uh, we've talked about this before where a lot of the bigger cities have been able to get direct payment. City of Springfield got like $36 million. I Gosh, I, the city of Chicago got like... Millions upon millions. I think like close to a billion dollars. And they need it. They it, have lots of issues up there, as we've talked about. They do, um, but a lot of the smaller communities also have issues. They swallow up the surplus of the funds. That's the problem. And yeah, yeah sorry to cut you off. I'm just excited that we're finally starting to see some of the funds come to central Illinois. Well, here we are. Um, the beginning of August, these dollars were approved, yeah. what, back in March? Yep. So now we're just starting to see some of the smaller communities all across the state. Uh, you know, there's there's communities that are smaller than fifty thousand in the suburbs of Chicago right. uh, that also haven't had this certainty. So what have you what have you learned so far about this process, and what is it looking like for the uh, the village of South Jacksonville? Well, I want to say that we are very thankful uh, for the funds. Of course, there's always certain bureaucracy that's involved, so it has taken a little while, but that's okay as long as we receive the funding in the end. With these ARPA funds, what the state of Illinois did uh, last week or the week before, uh, they had a portal open for municipalities, I believe you're right, under 50,000 population, uh, to basically go in and submit the information and receive whatever had been allotted to them based on a number of different metrics, population mostly. So the village of South Jacksonville, uh, we were the first in line to apply. Uh, we receive, will receive in the next 30 days, according to the, the rules, $210,849. Now, uh, you know, if you read the local media reports from uh, our local media there in the village, uh, they reported that that's all we were receiving. Well, that's not true. Uh, that was the first half of right. an allotment. So, in total, we'll receive about 421000 So, that's the accurate number. And that's uh, it's something important to note here is because total, there's about $740 million that smaller communities across the state are able to access. But that's coming in two different tranches, right? Correct. And even the, the money that went directly to cities like Springfield and Chicago, they got their first tranche, which was about 17 million for Springfield, for instance, they'll get that second tranche. Is it next year, whenever those dollars will be available? Yeah, 12 months was what I remember reading. Yes, that's correct. What are you able to use that money for? Because the first being, you know, 200 plus thousand, the second being 200,000 plus, uh, close to half a million dollars for the village of South Jacksonville. Um, what What's uh, the parameters for which those dollars can be used? There's, param there's all kinds of parameters, obviously. There's strings attached with federal money. Um, but what's good is, uh, the, no matter what, the, the money that we receive from the federal government frees up our budget on other areas. So, we will use the money for whatever it's required for, and then that allows us to free up our funds for other things. So, in general, we're going to be doing everything we can in the village of South Jacksonville, from uh, just overall continuing our beautification efforts, 
repouring new sidewalks throughout the community, uh, making our uh, village once again an up-and-coming modern municipality as we bring in more stores, more commerce, a grocery store. We've got restaurants that are moving in. Um, so we're going to be using it so that it benefits a lot of people. One big-ticket item that we're specifically looking at, I've worked with my fire chief EMS coordinator, Rich Evans Jr., there in South Jacksonville. He's our fire chief, and we are pricing out ambulances right now. We used to have a municipal ambulance service, oh. and uh, with a complete lack of foresight, a previous board decided to defund that. And now, if you talk to emergency personnel in the area, they'll tell you we've got a serious, dire lack of emergency personnel. You know, people waiting 20, 30 minutes on an ambulance to arrive. So we really uh, want to bring that back, and I'm working hard to make that happen. And these funds can be part of that, for an example. So um, again, you'd mentioned that uh, it'll help kind of of offset some of the other costs associated. Um, what kind of parameters are laid out for? Uh, it's not, mostly and, it's and, COVID related. Yeah, and not, and not saying that you would, but if you were to run a foul with any kind of limitations that may be set out, I'm not, uh, not saying that you would. No, we aren't. So it doesn't matter. Understood. But w what's been laid out as far as uh, retracting some of those dollars? What should cities anticipate? You being one of the first that has applied uh, for these funds. What what should other cities of similar size or a little bit smaller or a little bit bigger anticipate? Well, I mean, of course, talk with your corporate counsel about what you're going to spend your money on. But I think it's interesting. When you look at the funds that the federal government has provided, there was widespread systemic fraud and abuse in the last uh, payments. They just print up trillions of dollars out of thin air, and then everybody and their relatives can suddenly be business owners, right. taking away That's legitimate right. funds from other small business owners. For example, there's a business in South Jacksonville. It's in Jacksonville as well now. Uh, called Safeco Bakery. It's one of the most successful businesses in our area. It has the best pastries for miles around. They sell these pastries in the gas stores in the Springfield and sure. Central Illinois region. This is a business that did not take federal funds was kind of doing the right thing, and because they were successful, were able to pay their employees through the pandemic. And then at the end, when these restaurant, there was a restaurant fund uh, that was made available specifically for restaurants. And guess what? By the time local restaurants were going to apply, the funds were gone, and the federal government shut down. So it's you know, of course, I'm always interested in having these conversations about fraud, waste, and abuse. Uh, and when we look at these programs, the federal government needs to get its act together with these parameters. So the municipal government, I mean, we're going to be giving basically an itemized report to the federal government right. of everything we spend our dollars on. So better believe we'll be within those parameters. But the point being, it frees up budgetary access for other things. So it's just going to be helpful in general to have $400,000 come into our economy from the federal government. So we will definitely put it to good use. Talking with uh, Tyson Manker, he is uh, mayor of the village of South Jacksonville about some of the federal funds that are uh, finally uh, getting uh, some some attention from local communities, as uh, I've reported on in the past, about $740 million for smaller communities across Illinois really hasn't been freed up. Uh, but uh, there is indication now that smaller communities can go out and work through the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity uh, to get the resources they need to apply for these funds. So, Tyson, you guys said you've already applied. We have applied, yes. And were you were you notified of this, or did you proactively go out and try to? I've, I've been staying on top of these things. 
And uh, I know the Municipal League as well uh, has been uh, putting out some information uh, and a uh, variety of different uh, ways to, to to get information from DCEO. Um, uh, tell me a bit about uh, what it was like sitting down with your treasurer and uh, somebody from DCEO, even virtually, uh, and getting uh, the information. Was it Was it a surprise to you how much money you guys would get? No, actually, no offense to DCEO, that was a great presentation they put on, but it was information that I'd already researched. The presentation was basically for someone who hadn't applied yet. So we applied, and it's like, okay, this is all stuff that we'd been through. So I'm glad they put it on, and it was helpful for municipalities that were a little bit behind the curve. Um, because at the end of the day, if there's money that's left over that hasn't been claimed, now I want to encourage every mayor and elected official, you need to go out there and seek this money, because at the end of the day when it's not collected, uh, the state is then going to redistribute all of that money to municipalities like mine. So as as much as I would like to have that money, I mean it's it's been uh, you know divvied out uh, the way that it uh, should be proportionately. So. Um, one thing, if if you don't mind me switching gears Please, a little yeah. bit, I want to talk about cellular so phone service, and that's one of sure. the things that I recently made a trip to Washington D.C. to talk with Congressman Darren LaHood. Gotta say, like the guy, I'm a big fan. He's a likable guy, and he goes to bat for Central Illinois. Uh, we had a really good conversation about the misleading maps that our cellular providers put out. AT&T is the behemoth in the village of South Jacksonville, and Greg, if you look on their data map right now, it will show full 5G coverage throughout the entire village and south of there. Let me tell you, anybody who lives in the village of South Jacksonville will tell you, you barely get one bar of service. So what I went to LaHood with and met with his staff, I said, look, we have residents here who are basically being defrauded. You've got a giant company that we don't have the power to fight back. We need you to work with the FCC to make sure that these data maps and these coverage maps are accurate. So we are currently in South Jacksonville working with Congressman LaHood's office uh, to make sure that the FCC is regulating these things property, properly. If you look at the, the news and the history of this for the last few years, the FCC's really been on AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, these large cellular providers, for putting out misleading uh, maps as far as how well their service works. It just doesn't work in South Jacksonville. I think it's fraudulent to charge someone $100, $200 a month for a service that doesn't work. You wouldn't get away with that in any other industry. So I'm glad that uh, we're making progress. If any other elected official or, quite frankly, any resident of any community, you want to reach out to my office so that we can coordinate efforts, by all means, reach out to the village of South Jacksonville, and uh, let's uh, kind of work together to fix these cellular issues that we're having here in Central Illinois. would love to talk more with you about uh, other aspects of uh, your coordination with uh, Congress on, on a variety of other issues, so we'll talk about that in uh, future segments. But coming up next, uh, Tyson, I want you to take off your mayor hat and put on your rock star hat, uh, because uh, I got a chance to listen to the album. I'm okay. sorry I didn't listen to the vinyl. I still have it. I but, came uh, back, didn't I? You, you listened did. to it. I did. I, yes, I <laughs> listened to word. it. And uh, well, we'll talk about it, because uh, it's it's pretty incredible I, I, for, for something that uh, you guys, I think, self-produced. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up next here on the WMAY awesome. Morning News Feed. All right, we're back live with Tyson Manker. And he's not hey. only the uh, mayor of the village of South Jacksonville, I've asked him to remove his mayor hat and to put on his rock star hat because last time we talked, uh, you had brought in a vinyl copy of your album that you produced with your brother, correct? With my cousin. Oh, with yeah. your cousin. That's your cousin. Okay. Uh, so tell us about Neon Moms. Uh, and we got a couple of uh, clips of some songs here lined up. But uh, before we get to that, just uh, tell us what. 
what this project is, how long you've been at this, and uh, what you guys produced. Neon Moms is my side project as far as uh, we make music. My cousin and I, we recorded an album that we wrote over the pandemic up at Electrical Audio, Steve Albini's Electrical Audio, and then had Bob Weston do our mastering. So it's an Illinois project made in Chicago, but it's American rock music. Um, you know, People, if, if you want to get to know me, just listen to this album. I mean, the lyrics are my life, you know, and, and it's a way for me to express myself. I love music. I've been playing guitar for 20-plus years. Most people don't know that. But, uh, you know, we, my cousin Jason Manker and I, we had to keep this a secret for 18 months. You know, it was a project that we worked on, and it's, you know, when you've got art and you want to share it and, and get feedback, it's really hard to have the discipline to, to not until it's a finished product. So, uh, you know, I'm just as proud of the fact that Jason and I wrote and recorded the album, but then also did it the right way and had a had a big impact when we launched. So and so it's available now on all the streaming services. That's right, right? Neon Moms, uh, NeonMoms.com. Go to Apple Music, Spotify, etc. It's it's out there. If you search all one word, Neon Moms, you'll find the album. It's called Honey Bee. We've got a neon queen bee on our album cover so and and I was able I you gave me a vinyl copy and I do plan on listening to the vinyl at some point it's collector's um, edition we're ab- not even yeah. selling those man <laughs> absolutely but uh, I did get a chance to listen to it on the streaming services uh and I got to say it is a flavor of rock that is as american as apple pie man I love that and it's not just that I, it, did you mean for this to be a concept album? Because I'm kind of picking what up. What the hell's on... a concept album? I mean, it's. <laughs> I just wrote some songs and re-recorded them. You know what I mean? So, well, but here's what I'm talking about: is you know, well, here's a here's a clip from uh, the song "Rockin' in the USA." Okay. And it, you know, it's a nice, solid American rock song uh, that really I think uh, kind of exemplifies the first half of the album, right? So we'll just listen to a little, uh, couple of clips here. So it's just got that great rock vibe to it. Totally. Right? Solid, great chords. You come in with the vocals, and it's a, a good tune about rocking in the USA, right? In another long day working for the man. I love that. <laughs> and it goes on. And I almost want to use this as like an intro song for the show, if you don't mind. Uh, but no. Uh, hey. but, then, but then, you know, after uh, four or five songs of that solid rock feel, mm-hmm. um, you have a, an interim kind of skit that uh, delves into what you experienced overseas. Right. Talk a little bit about that. Combat Patrol skit is my attempt to recreate for a listener what it feels like to be on a combat patrol in a combat zone. Uh, that's what I did in the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps Infantry. We invaded Iraq on March 19, 2003. Um, you know, I lost a close friend over there. Um, the war always stays with the warriors. And, uh, you know, as we wind down these wars, I'm happy to see that. Uh, but the war is very much a part of who I am, um, even as I forge my own identity after the war. Um, but I, uh, you know, I have a lot of strong feelings about Iraq and my service and everything else. And so combat patrol skit is, uh, it kind of recreates, you know, just the sounds. If you close your eyes and you envision what it would be like to be walking in patrol formation with some of your best friends with rifles in a place that people wanted to kill you. 
Well, and that seems to be uh, kind of where the album, at least from the first few passes I've had of it, uh, the first half's very much like, you know, just mainstream America, right? And and then all of a sudden you hear that combat skit, and then it goes into uh, a, a different type of rock, which... I really appreciated kind of the more, you know, minor chords and uh, different types of themes, kind of anti-authoritarian themes in a, in a way, uh, and just great riffs. I mean, this song, uh, uh, Killing Boy, is, is incredible. It really is. I There's... am the Killing Boy. This is about, you know, serving overseas and what you ask young men and women to do. You ask them to kill and then they come back to society. How do we treat them? say uh, it's it's an incredible song uh the breakdowns the 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 riffs uh they're they're original they're they're just my flavor of rock and i really appreciate that thanks uh, greg tyson manker uh he is of course the singer guitar player writing songs for neon moms uh it's available streaming now um we'll have to talk more about uh, upcoming shows because you're gonna be playing i'm sure